Welcome back to Miss Johnsy Johns. I'm glad you've joined me today. We're going to journey through a part of a story, a poem, and a song. And I wanted to start with a poem that I have read before. It's by Lewis Carroll. It is about something you eat. Although I'm not sure I would want to eat it. Can you guess what it is? It's a soup, a turtle soup by Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll wrote Alice in Wonderland. So it shouldn't be surprising that this poem is a bit unusual. Beautiful soup, so rich and green, waiting in a hot tureen. Who for such dainties would not stoop? Soup of the evening, beautiful soup. Soup of the evening, beautiful soup. Beautiful soup. Beautiful soup. Soup of the evening. Beautiful, beautiful soup. Beautiful soup. Who cares for fish, game, or any other dish? Who would not give all else for two pennyworth? Only a beautiful soup. Pennyworth only a beautiful soup. Beautiful soup. Beautiful soup. Soup of the evening. Beautiful. Beautiful soup. I hope you enjoyed that. I don't know that Lewis Carroll intended for it to be read that way, but I have fun with it for sure. And now we will continue on with the very famous Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, The Snow Queen. We're beginning kind of right smack dab in the middle of part the third. The old woman had forgotten this when she had made the real ones disappear into the ground. See what happens when you don't keep your wits about you? Oh, cried Gerda, why have I never seen any roses in the garden? And she ran in and out of the flower beds, searching and searching, but not a rose was to be found. At last she sat down and cried, but her warm tears just fell, where a rose bush had sunk into the earth. At once the bush sprang up, as full of fresh flowers as when it had disappeared. Gerda put her arms around it and kissed the roses and thought about those in the roof garden of her home. And then she remembered Kay. Oh, what a long lot of time I have lost, said the little girl. I set out to find Kay. Do you know where he is? She asked the roses. Do you think he is dead and gone? No, he is not dead, said the roses. We have been in the earth where the dead are but Kay was not there. 
Oh, thank you, said Coda. Then she went over to the other flowers, looked into their cuffs and asked, Do you know where little Kay is? What did the convolvulus say? High above, overlooking the narrow mountain road, stands an ancient castle. Evergreen creepers grow thickly over the old red walls. Leaf by leaf, they twine around a balcony where a fair young girl leans over the balustrade, gazing down at the path below. No rose on its branch is fresher and lovelier. No apple blossom that floats from the tree is more graceful and delicate. Listen. Her silk dress rustles as she moves. When will he come? She says. Is it Kay you mean? Asked little Gerda. I only tell my own story. My own dream. The convolvulus answered. What did the little snowdrops say? Between the trees, a board hangs by two ropes. It's a swing. Two pretty little girls in snow-white dresses sit swinging. Long green silk ribbons are fluttering from their hats. Their brother, who is bigger than they are, is standing up in a swing with his arm around the rope to keep himself steady. For in one he hand he holds a little bowl, and in the other a clay pipe. He is blowing soap bubbles. To and fro grows the swing, while the bubbles float away in a rainbow of changing colors. The last one still clings to the pipe and sways in the wind. The swing still moves to and fro. The little black dog, as light as the bubbles, leaps up on his hind legs. He wants to join the others on the swing, but it swoops past, out of reach, and the dog flops down, barking furiously. The children laughed, the bubbles burst. A swinging plank, a white flash of dissolving foam. That is my picture, that's my song. Your story may be beautiful, but you make it sound so sad. And you don't mention little Kay at all. Hyacinths, what have you to tell? There were three lovely sisters, fragile, exquisite. One wore a dress of rose red, the second a violet blue, the third pure white. Hand in hand, they danced by the silent lake in the clear moonlight. They were not fairies, they were children of men. A sweet scent filled the air and the girls vanished into the wood. The fragrance grew more powerful. Three coffins, in which lay three lovely girls, glided from the depths of the woods over the lake. Fireflies flew around them like tiny flickering lamps. Are the dancing maidens sleeping, or are they dead? Perhaps from the scent of the flowers they are dead, and the bells are ringing for them. You make me feel dreadfully sad, said little Gerda, and your own scent is so powerful that I can't help thinking of those sleeping girls. Can little Kay really be dead? The roses have been in the ground and they say no. 
Ding dong! rang out the hyacinth bells. We're not ringing for little Kay. We don't know him. How we sing is our only song, the only song we know. So Gerda went to the buttercup, which shone out from its fresh green leaves. You are a bright little sun, said Gerda. Tell me if you know where I can find my playmate. The buttercup shone very prettily and looked up at Gerda. Now what song would the buttercup sing? Not one that gave her news of little Kay. In a small backyard, the heavenly sun shone bright and warm. It was the first day of spring, and the sunbeam slid down the neighbor's whitewashed wall. Nearby, the first yellow flowers of spring were growing, gleaming just like gold in the golden rays. The old grandmother sat outside in her chair. Her granddaughter, a poor servant girl, but pretty enough, had come home for a short visit, and now she kissed her grandmother. There was heart's gold in that kiss in the golden morning. That's all. There's my story. Oh, my poor old granny, sighed Gerda. I'm sure she's longing for me and grieving, just as she grieved for little Kay. But I'll soon be home again, and I'll bring Kay with me. It's no use asking these flowers. They own their own tales are all they know, they tell me nothing at all. She tucked up her dress so that she could run fast and away she went. Then something struck her leg quite smartly. As she leaped over it, she looked and it was a Narcissus. Maybe you have news for me, she thought. And she bent down toward the flower. I see myself, I see myself, said the Narcissus. Ah, what a sweet perfume. High up in her attic, lodging is a little ballet dancer. She stands on tiptoe, now on one leg, now on the other, and kicks out at the world. It is all in the mind, you know. Now she pours water from the kettle onto a piece of cloth. It's her dancer's bodice. Cleanliness is next to godliness, as they say. Her white dress hangs on a peg. That too has been washed and then hung on the roof to dry. Now she puts it on and around her neck, she ties a saffron yellow scarf. It makes the dress seem even whiter. She raises one leg high in the air. How elegantly she stands and sways on her stalk. I see myself, I see myself. That is your story, not mine said Gerda. I don't want to hear any more. She ran to the edge of the garden. The gate was locked, but she twisted the rusty fastening until it came away. The gate flew open and little Gerda ran out barefoot into the wide world. Three times she looked back, but nobody was following her. At last she could run no farther, so she sat down on a big stone. As she gazed around her, she realized that summer was over. It was late autumn. There had been no signs of changing time in that enchanted garden, where the bright sun always shone and flowers of every season bloomed together. Oh, I have lingered here too long, said little Gerda. Autumn has come, I dare not stop. 
She got up from the stone and started off once more. How tired and sore her feet were, how cold and damp the countryside. The long willow leaves had turned quite yellow and wet with mist, and they dropped off one by one. Only the thorny sloe had kept its fruit. But that was so sour that the thought of it twisted your mouth. Oh, how mournful and bleak it was in the wide world. And that is the end of part the third of The Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen. And to finish today, I am going to sing for you a um, another hymn written um, around the time of the American Civil War. Um, and it is actually one of one of my very favorite um, hymns, although you know, there are so many that are my favorite. Here we go. This is Revive Us Again. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is love on above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise thee, O God, for thy spirit of light, who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who has borne all our sins and has cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Thank you for joining me today. See you again next time.